Good morning, pastors and ministry leaders. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Nigerian Pastors Podcast. My name is Shegun Ayegusi, and I am a pastor and founder and director of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network. We are a pastoral training ministry in the city of Jos in Plateau State, Nigeria, and our mission is to encourage, equip, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. The Nigerian Pastors Podcast is the audio ministry of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network, and we aim to achieve two goals through this podcast. One, we want to minister to the pastor's heart and stir up in you a greater love for Jesus Christ. The fact is, when a pastor is in awe and in love with Jesus Christ, it will result in emotionally and spiritually healthy ministry leaders who lead thriving churches. And our second goal through this podcast is to equip you with practical biblical teaching for ministry so that you can grow in your knowledge of God's Word and become more effective in preaching and teaching through the Bible. It is our ongoing prayer that the Holy Spirit of God accomplishes both of these goals in your life as you listen along. Welcome again, and thank you for listening. Thanks so much for joining us again. We are continuing in our teaching series and uh, we've just finished off our Christmas series. And and today I'm really excited because we are launching into an eight part uh, podcast series about the end times or what is known as eschatology. Now, I don't know where you are pastoring presently or where you're listening from in the world, but for, for many Christians and many churches in Nigeria, especially in the northern, middle to northern area of Nigeria, men, for many churches and pastors, it feels like we are presently living in the middle of what the Bible describes as the tribulation period. In fact, there's a ministry called Open Doors USA, and they keep track and support persecuted Christians around the world. And if you go on their website, they recently ranked Nigeria as the ninth most difficult country to follow Jesus Christ. And that's out of 50 most difficult countries. You see, that's because violence against Christians is being perpetrated here in Nigeria by groups like Boko Haram and and Fulani militants. These are all Islamic extremist groups like ISWAP, um, as well as other armed bandits, all of which has led to tremendous suffering and displacement among Christian community, especially once again here in northern Nigeria. And so for many Nigerians, when we talk about the end times, end times isn't something that Nigerians are worried about is coming in the future that they need to be watching for. For many Nigerians, the end times are already here because they are smack in the middle of suffering and tribulation. And so in this multiple part, you know, podcast series, we're going to look at the prophetic unfolding of the end of the age and what it is that we as Christians should expect. And there are two reasons why we're actually teaching on the end times at this particular point at the beginning of 2020. One of it is really to just encourage you as a pastor personally, right? Like I said, some of you listening to this podcast are in parts of Nigeria where your churches have been attacked. In fact, at the time of this recording, we've just recently heard that uh, a terrorist group has just attacked a community in the Miango district. So, I mean, this is constant here in Nigeria. And many of you pastors listening are shepherding congregations that have either been attacked by extremists or bandits, and your church members have had to flee the church, have had to flee their villages because it's been burned 
burned down and your elders and ushers have been killed. And you as a pastor may be wondering, where is God in all of this? And, and where will you find strength to continue this work of ministry? Well, my prayer and our prayer here at the Gathering Faith Leadership Network is that this teaching on the end times will strengthen your will and resolve to keep pressing on in light of Christ's imminent return. That's the first reason we're doing this podcast on the end times. The second reason is really to provide you with a biblical framework for understanding the end of the age so you can actually teach it to your congregations. And so we want you to feel free to use this series as a commentary guide as you study the Bible to understand the latter days. In fact, all the teachings in this series will be available as an e-copy document, a PDF document that you can download for free on this podcast episode page. So please feel free to download it, study it along with the scriptures and teach it to your congregation as you try to encourage them, equip them and envision them as they wait in anticipation for the return of Jesus Christ. In today's episode, we are going to start with a discussion about a supernatural event that almost every Christian um, on earth is anticipating and looking forward to, but may not fully understand. We're talking about an event known as the rapture. You know, in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus Christ was asked by his disciples a question that many of us have thought to ask or have asked, which is this. What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? You see, even in Jesus' day, his disciples had these questions. And in response to their question, Jesus actually goes ahead to answer their question by listing out several signs that honestly sound as if he was reading a newspaper headline from 2021. Jesus said to them in Matthew 24, he said that some of the signs would include wars and rumors of wars and nations rising up against nations. Jesus said there'd be an increase in famines and earthquakes, that, that there would be a rapid spreading of the gospel um, and the whole world will hear. And in fact, there would be an, an increase in apostasy in the abandonment of faith in Christ an increase in false teachers all of which will eventually lead to the most troubling and traumatic period in history right before Jesus returned. And each of those events that Jesus speaks about in Matthew 24 um, have happened in history and are happening in our time with increasing regularity and increasing intensity in our day. In fact, concerning wars and rumors of wars that Jesus spoke of, um, if you look on a website called worldpopulationreview.com, it actually lists out which nations are currently at war as of 2021. And in that list, there are approximately 21 nations presently at war that are mentioned, including the Taliban in Afghanistan, where UN against UN and US forces in Ethiopia, there's a civil war tensions between clashing political parties that have escalated into violent civil war that involves places like Eritrea, Sudan, Somalia. I mean, the list goes on as far as wars. And these are the things that Jesus Christ spoke of that he says are the beginning birth pangs or signs of the beginning of the end. Concerning famines and earthquakes that Jesus spoke of, um, if you look on a website uh, on a website called the World Food Program, it reports that presently as of 2021, there is an estimated 45 million people. Okay, just to get a size of how big that is, that's about the size of Canada, the amount of people in Canada. 
Like there's an estimated 45 million people who are at risk of starving to death in 2021 because of famine. And unfortunately, the areas that are most at risk are conflict-affected areas like Yemen and South Sudan, in fact, Northeast Nigeria, certain places, and places like Tigray in Ethiopia. Uh, and then, I mean, there's certainly been an increased coverage of earthquakes and mudslides and forest fires and floods, right? Like, like these are all signs. These are the beginning of birth pains that Jesus Christ said would precede his return that we're all seeing happening in our day. Incidentally, in Matthew 24, verse 14, Jesus also spoke about the rapid spreading of the gospel as a sign that his time was near and an increase in apostasy, right? And, and, and even though today there are still many unreached people groups that, ch that churches need to rally around and send missionaries to, um, with the advent of social media and the internet, the gospel has actually spread way far and wide and covered many parts of formerly unreached places. So I I'm sharing all of this because Christ says in Matthew 24, these are the signs that'll be an indication that we are near. And I give you all that background because um, and the correlation to Jesus's words, because it brings us to the question that we're going to address, which is this. What is next for the Church of Christ on the prophetic calendar of events? And the answer to that question is what we're discussing today, which is an event known as the rapture. That's really what the Church of Christ is, is anticipating is going to happen next on the prophetic events. Now, the word rapture is actually a reference to a uh, supernatural event that will suddenly and physically remove every Christian on earth in one single moment to be reunited with Jesus Christ in the sky. Just so we're clear, though, the word rapture is not in your English Bible. It's a word that's actually taken out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, where Paul says that we will be caught up to meet with the Lord in the sky on that day. You see, the word caught up is from the Greek word harpazo, which is translated as to seize or to snatch away or to snatch out. In fact, in the Latin translation of 1 Thessalonians 4.17 in what's known as the Vulgate, it is the word rapere, which is actually where we get the English word rapture from. So that's where the word, that's the, that's the origin of the word rapture. It's actually based on 1 Thessalonians 4.17, but it's the Latin translation of the word caught up. Now, the event of the rapture itself, which is what we're talking about today, is described in at least three different places in the scriptures. It's described in Matthew chapter 24, verse 40 to 42, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 15, 51 to 53, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. And each of these different areas gives us different details about the unfolding of that future day. You see, in Matthew 24, verse 40 to 42, Jesus says on the day of the rapture, he says in Matthew 24, he says, two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken away, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 to 53, the Apostle Paul explains a little bit more. He says, he says, let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. And it will happen in a moment, in the 
blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed, for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. And then lastly, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18, which is the passage we will spend the bulk of our time on today, um, Paul fleshes that out for us in that passage. Now, um, like I said, we're going to spend the bulk of our time in 1 Thessalonians. But before I read 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18 to you, let me set it up for you, right? Because you need to understand what was happening in the church at Thessalonica that Paul is writing to. Because that church in that city was a fairly young church with a lot of new Christians. Well, this church in Thessalonica was facing great persecution from their pagan neighbors and, in fact, even their Jewish neighbors. And, in fact, many of the members in the church had died for a variety of reasons. And so the church members are starting to panic. They're starting to fear because they thought that they had missed the rapture that Paul had taught them about at one point. They were fearful because of all the people dying, because of all the persecution. They were fearful that they were living in the end times um, because of all that persecution. And not only that, they were afraid that their family members and friends in church who had died had also missed the rapture and would not receive their resurrection body. So this is the panic right, that they were facing. Paul, at some point, had taught them about the return of Christ. And something else you got to think about, when it comes to Bible folks, so these guys in the Bible, when those guys thought about the return of Christ, you have to understand that many of them were expecting Jesus to return within a few years because they were closer to the death and resurrection and crucifixion of Jesus Christ than we are. So when Paul tells them about the return of Christ, they were like, oh, this might happen next week or next month or, or next year. So that's why they're panicking and they're fearful because, you know, Paul had taught them about the return of Christ and they're experiencing all this suffering and all this pain. And they're thinking, did we miss it? Did we miss the rapture? Well, it's in response to their fears and concerns that Paul writes the words of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18, where he explains to them how the rapture will happen. Here's what he says. He says, brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep, those who have died as Christians, nor do we want you to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Verse 14, 1 Thessalonians 4. Paul says, we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Verse 15, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are alive, who are still left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet with the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. 
So there are a couple of things about this passage I need to flesh out for us. Number one is this. According to verse 15, Paul explains that his understanding about the rapture is a revelation that came directly from the Lord himself. That's why he says, according to the Lord's own word. In other words, the rapture, that our teaching about the rapture, his teaching about the rapture has divine authority and authorship and is to be taken seriously as a very real event that will be fulfilled in our future. The second thing you should know is that God is a God of order. God is a God of order. And even in the rapture, there is an orderly sequence in which believers will be raptured. You see, the rapture will begin with the shout of the archangel. We don't know each one. The only archangel we know about in the Bible is the archangel Michael, so maybe it's him. But Scripture says the rapture will begin with the shout of the archangel and that every living and dead Christian will hear that sound. You see, this shout will be both a command and a trumpet call that basically announces to the world or to believers, it is time. Ascend and join your Savior in the sky. And the first people who will respond to this call are followers of Jesus Christ who have already died and were buried. Scripture describes that their decayed bodies or their burnt ashes will in one moment and in response to the trumpet call of God suddenly be restored to a fleshly glorified body that ascends to meet with Jesus in the sky. You know, I've had people ask me in the past, they said, you know, that what about people whose bodies were burned or who drowned or had some indescribable, awful experience? Well, the same God who created Adam from the ground and breathed life into him has the ability to call every part of your body that's been blown to the wind. For in that day at the trumpet call of God, scripture says that our bodies, which were uh, buried corruptible, will be raised incorruptible, right? It will be restored to this glorious, powerful thing. Wherever it's been dispersed to the earth will come back to life. By the way, this has happened before in biblical history, right? This, this, this idea of the rapture of people coming, uh, people coming back from the dead, um, not only with people like Lazarus, whom Jesus raised to life after three days of his body being in the tomb, but also in places like Matthew chapter 27, verse 52 to 53. If you remember that account, that was the moment that Jesus Christ died on the cross. And it says that tombs were opened throughout the city of Jerusalem and many godly men and women who had died rose from the dead and appeared to people throughout the city. Which is funny because I'm like, that's kind of an important detail about the death of Jesus Christ. Not many people teach about it. But either way, that was a small glimpse of what will happen first at the rapture when scripture says the dead who are in Christ will be resurrected first. So I want to take a moment here and pause and give you some encouragement um, about the resurrection of the dead. Because um, if you, as a Christian, have anyone in your family, in your church, or in your village who was a Christian who died, whom you miss dearly because, you know, they died either through persecution, accident, violence, or, or natural death, um, here's encouragement. Brothers, sisters, you will see your loved ones again in their full glory on that future day of the rapture. 
You know, that day and that moment will be the fulfillment of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54, where it says, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Like there is a day coming when you be able to mouth off at death, because on the day of the rapture, those who've been dead will come back to life fully glorified, fully resurrected as physical bodies to go up to be with the Lord in the sky. And keep in mind that the scripture says all of this will happen suddenly and in as much time as it takes for you to blink your eye once. Now, the order of events is that the dead in Christ will rise first. And after the dead in Christ have been raised, Scripture says those of us who are still alive will also experience this bodily transformation and ascend to reunite with Jesus Christ and our loved ones in the sky. You see, while the dead have been sown in the ground and may have become skeletons, God brings them to life and gives them new life. And those of us who are alive will be supernaturally in one moment caught up and transformed into our glorious bodies. Man, on that day, every ache, every pain, every disease, every sickness gone in one moment as we're giving glorified bodies. And that day will be the mother of all celebrations as Jesus Christ takes us all with him to be in heaven with him forever. That's why Paul concludes 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18 by saying, therefore, encourage each other with these words. All right, we're going to take a pause right here because remember I said this is an eight-part podcast series about the end times? Well, I, I said that because we have a lot to cover as it pertains to the rapture. In fact, uh, next week's episode, we're going to finish talking about the rapture. The week after that, we're going to talk about um, um, we're going to talk about the Antichrist, and then after that, we're going to talk about heaven and hell and and um, what to expect, what goes on in the life after, and we're going to talk about all of that. So that's where we're headed. But for today, uh, just as Paul says in First Thessalonians four eighteen, where he says, "Therefore, encourage one another with these words." I want to encourage you pastors with what we've talked about so far, and it's this, that the Lord God sees the agony and the trials that you and your congregation are going through. God is not blind to your pain. And even if God does not rescue you in the midst of your suffering, understand, number one, that there have been throughout history other brothers and sisters in Christ in big cities and small villages who have suffered what you are facing. So you are, you are not alone in this. There is a community of saints in heaven who are standing with you, who are observing what's happening. Number one, you're not alone. Number two, understand that on the day that Jesus Christ returns at the rapture or on the day that you take your last breath in this world and go up to meet him, scripture says that you, my friends, will receive a welcome celebration and reward unlike any you have ever known. You see, the men and women and children that you wept for bitterly because they were killed in your presence will on that day embrace you in their beautiful glorified bodies and you will all realize at last that Jesus Christ was worth laying down your life for because of his great love for you. So pastors, do not be discouraged. 
continue to faithfully shepherd the flock that God has entrusted to you so that according to 1 Peter chapter 5, when the chief shepherd, that's Jesus Christ, when he appears, you, my friends, will receive on that day the crown of glory that will never fade away. That's, that's known as the shepherd's crown. You see, for no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no human mind can conceive the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So as we serve the Lord in anticipation of his return, I pray that God would uphold you, would strengthen you, and help you be faithful to this call he's placed on your life. May God bless you as you serve the church of Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening to the Nigerian Pastors Podcast. For more information about our ministry, uh, you could visit our website, www.thegatheringfaithleadership.network. We are a pastoral training ministry in the city of Jos, Plateau State, Nigeria, and our mission is to encourage, equip, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. If you enjoyed this week's podcast and were blessed by it, there are one of two ways you can be a blessing to us in return. One, you can subscribe to our podcast on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us and leave an encouraging review. Man, give us some great stars uh, telling us how much you enjoyed our podcast. That would mean a lot to us. And then two, you can actually visit the episode page of this week's podcast and share it on any of your social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, wherever, and let your friends know about us. We truly appreciate you and hope you were blessed by this. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you up with you next week. Stay close to Christ.